You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. You can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hell, I suck at dating. With Dean Ungler and Jared Haven, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to an all-new episode of Help I Suck at Dating. My name is Jared, uh, quarantined here at the in-law's house, currently in my mother-in-law's closet. If you would ask me two months ago if I would ever be recording an episode of Help I Suck at Dating from my mother-in-law's closet, that eh, doesn't sound that crazy, actually. Uh, joining me from the other side of the country, Dean Ungler. Dean, how you doing, buddy? Good, man. Just eating some Pop-Tarts in Kalen's bed. What flavor Pop-Tarts? Cinnamon brown sugar, obviously the best. So you're more of a cinnamon brown sugar guy than a strawberry guy? Yeah, I think cinnamon brown sugar is by and far the best Pop-Tart flavor. Strawberry is good, but nothing can nothing can compare, you know? Oh, God, I don't know. It's those, those two are the top two for me, and then there's a distance, distant third, which is probably like blueberry or something very bland like that. But the strawberry, man, have you ever, so do you toast your Pop-Tart, or do you just eat it straight out of the bag? I prefer them toasted, but these ones are non-toasted. They're just raw. Um, depending on how much time I'm willing to commit to, to putting together a meal, I'll toast it. But, uh, you know, I wanted to rush just to get to you guys for the podcast. So here I am eating a raw pop tart. So how many pop tarts? I'm, I'm very interested in this conversation. How many pop tarts do you eat in one sitting? For example, when you open the bag, as we all know, there's two pop tarts in the bag. So do you eat both or do you eat one? I just ate both. I grabbed a bag before I came in and Kaylin wanted to split it with me. And I said, absolutely not. You can go get your own bag. You know, I just want a bowl of Pop-Tarts. Yeah, I hear you there. Yeah, she should get her own damn Pop-Tart. Uh, so, as you guys know, we are currently self-isolated to our respective homes. Uh, I'm calling in. Dean is calling in. Easton is making this all work right now. Um, and we also have a guest that's going to be calling in in just a few minutes. It is Emily Morse. Now, Emily Morse, uh, I guess the proper way to put this is she's a sex expert, um, she has a radio show called Sex with Emily, so I'm very interested to talk about her 
uh, and her point of view on sex, and most more specifically, uh, what she has to say about uh, all the sex that's probably going to be happening while everybody's quarantined. Yeah. <laughs> and there we have it that's our show we also have some emails coming in later in the show and then i posted on the instagram earlier today to see if anybody had questions for myself dean uh about our relationships dating so i have tons of those ready to go as well uh but dean update us how is your quarantine going right now how how are you do how are you doing mentally uh man where do i even begin no, I'm just kidding. I'm probably in the same place as everyone else. Uh, the only thing I've been dealing with, like uh, this poison ivy, and I was working on my motorcycle a couple days ago, and I spilled gasoline all over my body. So now I'm like covered in irritated, like contact dermatitis or something like that. So slept on the couch last night, self quarantined from Kaylin's bedroom. It's been a it's been a struggle. Wait, hold on. So you have the poison ivy, and you spilt oil on it because you were working on your motorcycle, and then yeah. that caused what? So, okay, so this is what I think happened. I've got poison ivy on my legs. I took uh, the carburetor off my motorcycle. And if you know, if for the people that don't know, carburetor is like essentially where the the gas flows through the carburetor and then into the motor. So there's always going to be gas in the carburetor. So when I took it off, I was like emptying it of the gas that was in it and it got all over my hands. And then I itched my poison ivy with my gasoline covered hands. And then the gasoline, irritated my skin and so now i'm covered in little bumps and not just my legs are itchy but like my arms my hands my wrists i'm just itchy all over now so i called my doctor and he prescribed some some nice ointment to go pick up today to hopefully cover up and fix all of the itching and the scratching and the, the discomfort that it's caused but i mean that's like the worst of my my uh my quarantine at this point it's like you know, I mean, my leg is still recovering. So at least it's like, I'm not really missing out on anything by being itchy and broken. No, you're not missing out on anything. You'd just be doing exactly what you're doing right now, sitting on the couch. For the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, I can't complain. I know that obviously, uh, a lot of us are either spending a lot of time alone or with a significant other. So, you know, it's not so bad having Kaylin here with me. I feel bad for, I think we talked about it last week, you know, like Nick and, uh, Mike and all of them that don't have a significant other like you and me do. So I think that we're fortunate in that sense, but they're pretty close quarters, I guess, after enough time. And that what's nice for you, I feel like, is you have uh, some third-party presence to kind of diffuse the time between you and Ashley, right? So you can like talk to her parents and hang out and it's not just you guys one-on-one the whole time. No, so like you said, yeah, we're at Ashley's parents' house. So it's the four of us um, and Ashley's dad is a, a doctor at the hospital. He's an anesthesiologist. So he's actually quarantined himself to the basement. They have a finished basement because uh, for precautionary reasons, he just wants to make sure, I think I talked about it on the podcast last week, that if he catches something at the hospital, he didn't want to bring it back here so he can infect Audrey, myself, or Ashley. Or conversely, somehow, even though we're quarantined, we get it, whatever it is, uh, or however we'd get it, and then we give it to him, and then he goes to the hospital. So it's just better uh, as sad as it is that he has to go through like the back door every time and he just stays downstairs. Uh, it's just, you know, what we kind of have to do right now, but it's been nice, you know, being at the house, um, you know, there's more room, uh, you know, obviously there's more room in the house and there's a backyard and a neighborhood to walk around. And, and so we have our dog Lois and then Ashley's parents have their dog Ethel. So they've been playing. 
So it's been really good, especially the key. The key is, and anybody who owns a dog knows this, they have a fenced-in backyard. So all we have to do is let them into the backyard, and they can just run around. And we don't have to walk Lois five times a day like we are used to doing. So that's been a very added bonus. Other than that, man, we're doing well. I mean, as everybody's feeling out there, probably a little, uh, you know, they're getting a little wound up uh, mentally right now. But... It's all for the best. They just extended this this quarantine till April 30th. Um, so everybody's going to be doing this for a, at least another month, uh, most likely more. Another month. Because I, I saw that same thing this morning on CNN. And I was like, holy shit. Because everyone kind of expected it to be through April 30th or through the end of April anyways. But then you see it. And then I started like I started thinking about, we've only really been doing this for like a week or two weeks, week and a half, whatever. There's a whole four plus weeks of doing what we've been doing like we're not even a third of the way through this yet no i know that's the crazy part like you said once you put a number on it it's like yeah it's gonna last a couple more months and then we'll get through it but then when you see like no this at least will go till april 30th you're like wow yeah that's another like 32 days away and we've been quarantined for about 14 this might be a long time but honestly the way I, I'm like, this was like a grieving process for me. Like at first, I wouldn't say I was in denial. I took it seriously, but I never thought in my wildest dreams that the country would be shut down. And so I think at first it was like fear set in and then I was sad. And now I've just accepted it and doing everything I possibly can to avoid getting the coronavirus. And then secondly, keeping my uh, mental health as positive as possible. So like, hey, you know what? In in a couple months, when we all have to kind of go back to whatever we were doing, our nine to fives, or working constantly, or always having no time to just sit down and watch movies, and just enjoy the time you have now. Like, I feel like there's projects we all want to do at home. I'm sure we can figure out things to do. We get to just be, you know, couch potatoes for the next month and not feel bad about it. There could be worse things. There could be worse things than just staying at home, right? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's you're the complete yeah. opposite because you're someone who needs to go out, and I'm someone who you know does need to go out, and and I like going to the gym, and I like kind of having my routine. But I think now in my head, I'm just putting everything in perspective, and I think I've been doing it for quite a while now, where I'm thinking things could be so much worse than being quarantined to a place that has electricity, TV, internet, um, you know. Uh, a roof over my head uh so that's kind of where my head is now my biggest gripe with the quarantine for, for me specifically is it just breeds bad habits for me it's like i'm sleeping in later obviously i'm playing more video games i you know i had like five glasses of whiskey the other night when i normally don't drink so it's just like it's it's not it's like bringing out the worst parts of me <laughs> oh dude you know what i mean oh absolutely it's bringing out the worst of me too i don't get out of bed before 10 just because in my yeah. head i'm like what am i gonna do walk down and sit on the couch and especially yeah. working out. I've been trying, I've been doing pretty well. I work out like every other day, but it's not a, an intense workout. You know, I'm doing pushups or burpees or squats and you know, I don't have weights, so I don't feel like I'm really gaining any strength. So I think that's going to be a testament to try not to just feel like a complete slouch when this thing is over with. But but anyway, we do have our guest, Emily Morse, who is on the phone right now waiting for us. Um, so we would love to talk to her. But before we do, let's take a quick break. You'll know real when you get it. It will say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. 
Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great. But also, I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. And our uh, guest, Emily Morse, is on the phone with us right now. You can listen to her daily radio show, Sex with Emily, which airs every evening on Sirius XM, Stars Channel 109. Emily Morse. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hi. Hello. Good to be here. I also have a podcast, Sex with Emily, that's, that predated Series XM. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Hey. Good. How are you? <laughs> cool. So, so good. I, I'm actually really good. I got stuck in Maui, so it's oh. not so bad here. Wait. Yeah. But <laughs> you what? That, that's awesome. Okay. So, Emily, so I have a question for you because I'm looking at your background here. Um, can you tell me what? a doctor of sexuality means? Yes, I'm a doctor of human sexuality. I'm a sex therapist. And so essentially what I do is I've been doing this for 15 years and I help people feel more comfortable. I help people understand their desire sexually, what they want sexually, what they want in relationships, and then also how to communicate and how to ask what they want. So I help, I mean, literally I could, any sex dating relationship tips, um, that's what I do, basically, help people feel better and safer talking about sex. So I studied human sexuality. They're like, how come we're sexual beings? How do we feel the most sexual? What do, what do we, you know, what do we desire? I think we don't often really explore it. We just think sex is something that's just supposed to feel good magically when we have chemistry with someone. But, you know, that changes over time. Emily, you know, the honeymoon phase ends for everybody. Have you ever heard of the uh, <laughs> yeah. five love languages? I'm sure you have. 
absolutely. So you know how like everybody has a certain need. Yes, everybody has a certain way they express or need to have love reciprocated to them. Is that similar to sex? Yes. Well, I wish there was a sex. I've actually been thinking about like having like a sex love language because like if we could figure out what we need sexually and you could just divide it into like a love language, that would be awesome. But I, what I think the love languages though are great for is that I think, I think if you could figure out, because a lot of times if we're not getting our love needs met, like our partner's not speaking our love language, we're definitely not going to want to have sex with them. Like if you haven't been getting me gifts, if that was my love language, or you haven't been telling me that I'm hot, I'm not going to want to have sex with you because I don't feel loved and I don't feel safe. So I think understanding love languages first really helps. But sex is like a whole different language. I think that the problem with sex, the reason why we have problems, I think, sexually is because especially for women like in heterosexual relationships, the way we've learned about sex is that it's all about penetration and that men, okay, like you walk in, let's say, and you see your girlfriend, your partner, your fiance, and you're like, I'm so turned on right now. I can't wait to like, you know, seeing them turn you on. But for women, we might need to have a conversation. I might've wanted you to ask about my day. I might've needed 30 minutes to warm up. And so what happens with arousal and desire is it just gets messed up because women don't. But what we see in like movies and porn is that like women should be ready to go when men are and typically we're not. So I try to help people understand how they get attracted to each other and how to keep the spark going. Hmm. And how people date and figure out what they want in a partner and all the things. I mean, I'll be honest, as a kid growing up in the years that I did, uh, porn was a very, it was you know, very easily accessible. And so honestly, that's kind of how I first started learning about sex. And um, I wanted to get your take on porn in general, being yeah. a, a sex um, expert, Such so to speak. Such a good question. I mean... Yeah, I, I am a sex expert. So yeah, no, listen, porn is not how you should legitimately... Have. Porn, it's like, it's like learning how to drive by watching Fast and the Furious. Like, hmm. like porn is not actually how sex happens. But the problem is people that you grew up with porn and that we think that it's, it's actually real life, but it's sort of, it's created from a man. And I'm not anti-porn. Don't get me wrong. Like I love watching porn with myself, with a partner. However, to say that this is technically how sex is going to go down is not accurate. Like it's a fictional account of sex from a male gaze of what they think would be hot. Right. But for women, it just doesn't work that way. So it gets very confusing and it's made sex really confusing, I think, for many people. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah. porn is teaching, a lot, you know, uh, the, the the demographic that's watching most porn is younger men, probably boys, you know, in their exactly. early teenage years. And yep. so, um, you know, uh, not to get TMI here, but like I can speak from personal opinion. Uh, uh, yeah. That like, yeah, it just it teaches you it like. It's weird, right? Because we're all human, and I think at our core, we kind of have these animal instincts. And it's just like, I feel like porn has escalated sex to the point of no return, you know? Like, it just, it's like you watch certain videos. And I I think think both guys and girls uh, have been kind of uh, thrown into this culture of where, you know, we watch certain porn and we grow up with it and we think that that's like the sexiest thing that someone can possibly do and if we don't meet those standards then right um we're uh we're not as good as the other person in bed sex is a weird thing to talk about because it's 
Everybody's exactly. so insecure about it. And exactly. You're so right. 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 Like I get insecure about it all the time. <laughs> I remember as like, I remember yeah. as a kid, you know, not uh, yeah. like in my early twenties, I, I didn't have that many partners at this point in my life, you know, less than a handful. And, um, and it was always just, I, I, I never knew if, if I was doing things right. And I never knew if, um, right. what was expected of me. And then especially, you know, with sex, it's just like each partner wants so many, it's, you know, different things. Like, it's just, there's, exactly. there's, I don't know. So I wanted to, I wanted you to address like how, how early do you bring yeah. up these conversations? Because like I've had, I have friends that are girls that, you know, a guy mm-hmm. when they first, you know, after going on a couple of dates, they'll first start getting intimate with each other. And then like the guy's not aggressive enough and the girl finds that to be a turnoff. But I feel like in, in this age that we're living in, that's probably better than you know what the alternative is which is being too aggressive i don't know so like can you describe the balance (laughs) of of like you know sex in today's society and and how we should be able to to talk about it yeah that's so great and so insightful you're absolutely right so first let's oh my god there's a lot there to unpack sorry and i think it can be so great for your listeners, no, it's amazing because here's the thing. And I love that you're asking this because it's like, okay, so to talk about porn for a minute. So generations before that, right? Like we had like a mat, our parent, like a, a, had a playboy, right? You found it. Like there was like a playboy and then there was like some weird VHS tape of porn. But otherwise you would just have sex and you have to kind of have to figure it out. We still had a lot of, we still didn't have the same, we didn't have information we didn't teach in schools we still had to figure stuff about like orgasm and pleasure and desire but now with porn which is literally not an act but since you won't get any other information let's just say that all you get is porn of course men and women boys and girls are going to decide that that's how sex should happen i should like women are thinking well when i'm on top i'm going to go up and down and i'm not going to move side because that's what i'm seeing in porn when the truth is there's certain positions that are depicted in porn that actually don't feel good to women. Like as a sex educator and a sex doctor, I'm looking at porn going, there's no way she's having an orgasm. Like that doesn't even feel good to her. Right. Cause I know I'm like watching it. It's like, you guys know, like you cheat towards camera when you're shooting something for television. It's like the same thing in porn. Like there's no way that is accurate. And then, so women are though coming into it going, well, I never saw anything else before. So this is what I'm going to do. And then the guys are also expecting like, well, I got to escalate it because porn doesn't still show really important things like foreplay and arousal and like kissing and making out and all those things. It goes right into penetration. And so that for the majority of women isn't what feels good. So the problem with porn is that the majority of it isn't what feels good to women. So so that is why it's so misleading. And I and I and I and, and that we also the problem is if I took away all porn right now, which I wish in some ways I wish we could start over, I would teach men and women first off how to understand their own bodies and what feels good like what actually does turn you on because what you what, to go back to what you said initially was about like it keeps escalating i think that was the word you use like porn escalates it and so what we're seeing now is I, it's funny because right now everyone's locked in their bedrooms right like i'm getting so many so many dms and so many emails and if people have questions and listening to this you can i'm sex with emily everywhere it's feedback at sex with we answer all the questions, but it's like so many guys are locked in their room and they're like, I'm just watching porn right now. Is there a problem? And now I've escalated to watching it like eight hours a day or masturbating five times a day. And we escalate it because let's say we watch a scene that's particularly graphic. 
But once we get through that, our threshold, we're like, well, that was pretty crazy. But now I'm going to watch a gangbang and something else, whatever, however you define escalation. And then it gets more and more extreme, right? And then eventually for guys is what I'm hearing. Well, then you can no longer get turned on unless it's really extreme, right? So then what happened? Now we're all locked in our bedrooms, though, right? Some people without partners. And then, so that's a problem. That's always been a problem before quarantine. But now I just see it escalating with people watching more and more parts. But even before, then we get to be with our actual partner, right? And then we're like, oh, I'm not getting turned on anymore because it's not as extreme as what I'm seeing in porn. Because the synapses in our brain, the neural pathways become used to a certain kind of escalation, whether it's like a threesome or a gangbang or just whatever it is that you, BDSM, and then when you're with your actual partner, that connection doesn't seem as intimate or as hot, right? And so that's the problem. And so, so I think, and then for women, since they're only learning to do porn, they're not understanding that for women, the majority of women, so let me tell you a big stat here to get into what we need to learn, is that only 20% of women are going to have an orgasm through penetration, meaning hmm. the old in and out, which is what we're seeing everywhere and even before porn, like you see it in movies, like couple makes out and they fall into bed and there's like this super hot scene, you know, they have, they have intercourse and then there's orgasms happening. But most women require external stimulation, like clitoral stimulation externally. She needs, like foreplay is not just like, hey, like a suggestion, like, oh, I wish we could make out more. It's actually a requirement because women get turned on very differently than men. So women are faking orgasms and trying to do what they see in porn. And that's not what actually feels good. So what's the, the great thing to do is if you're in a relationship is to slow everything down and to actually have conversations outside the bedroom about what is hot, what does turn you on, what kind of touch feels good. And all of that starts with masturbation for men and for women. And I would say, especially for women without porn, like just, and for men, I would say that too. But then you guys would like hang up on me and be like, what the porn I need for but for women like what does feel good to you like pay attention to like your body like using your fingers using lube like what turns you on because we just don't know and we feel inadequate and broken because we don't it doesn't happen like it doesn't porn so I could keep going but does that well, make sense think, there's a lot there I think you kind of touched on it a little bit too a lot of people are in this quarantine part of the year and they're going to be alone. So what is your advice for those people that are alone uh, throughout all of this this process that we're going through right now with uh, COVID-19? Yeah. I mean, I think that if we're alone right now, and we, I think that it's really important to definitely masturbate, to figure out your bodies and what feels good if you're alone without a partner. But it's also a good time to, like, explore and figure out what feels good besides porn. So if you feel like you've been getting going down the rabbit hole of porn, maybe just, like, scale it back. Use your memory. Like, think about fantasize on your own think about what you know what feels good to you what turns you on um and then for women too like take this time to like take a bath figure out what what's hot for you and just like what because then we can come back with our partner and say like this is what we like and this is what feels good um if you're in a long time if you're in a like so you mean if you're like in a relationship though under quarantine what to do or yeah just like like? what advice do you have for the people that are um you know that obviously have these desires and (laughs) urges while they're alone. I liked your advice, Emily, about um, as awkward as it. Tell me. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say, I, I really liked your advice. I, this is going to sound really awkward, but whatever. We, You know, sex is a part of life and so is masturbation. I think if you are alone, I think especially guys out there and women too, masturbate without porn. 
like you said, because there's such an escalation exactly. with porn that, like you said, like you can see, like literally you can Google anything, anything, and you will be able to find it. And yes. we live in a world where for some reason there's so much stigma around talking about sex and it's, and I get it. It's awkward, but I, I think especially in today's world with the access that we have with the internet, we have to make sex more of a priority to talk about at a younger age because kids right. are finding out about it at a younger age um, with no context and no understanding of what it actually is. And I think it's, it's it's not good, you know. It's really not good, and um, so anyway. But I I, I wanted exactly. To, it, no, it, you're absolutely right. There's no context, and kids aren't learning in school, so they just have shame and they blame. Maybe religion told them that sex was wrong, or it was really bad to talk to touch themselves, and so, you know, that's what I've been trying to do for 15 years at, at my podcast is like educate people. You guys can download. I have so many episodes of just like how, like it's basically people un- understanding, like, well, how do I masturbate without porn? How do I touch myself? How do I get rid of shame? How do I figure out what the hell I even like? So it's you're right. It's a me- it's gotten very messy, especially with porn. So yeah, I mean that's what we got to do right now. It's we a, have time. It's interesting. The masturbation you're it. should not be shameful. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's just it's gonna get yeah. messy. Um, but uh, I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, couples too, sex with couples because i feel like a lot of people yeah. are ashamed to buy toys or lube or things of that nature uh what would you say to help people get over the um that 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 uh challenge of of i guess second hand embarrassment of buy- yeah. buying yeah that's a great question i mean i think that first off like here's the thing about toys like people always think like Many people get threatened by toys. They think, oh, well, if you use a toy, that means that I, you know, men think like I wasn't satisfying you or somehow you're going to replace me if you use a toy. But like literally that never happens. In fact, what it does is it just means that like, since I I was telling you that for the majority of the women, we need external stimulation anyway. And and the vibrations, like your penis doesn't vibrate, right? So I just want to start there and say like toys, and actually toys feel great for men and for women as well. So just knowing that, that like toys are really hot, it's almost like having a threesome. It's like something new and exciting. Because the reason why we crave something like a threesome is novelty. It's new, it's exciting, it's different. Same goes for toys. It can provide endless orgasms, so much pleasure. And so, yeah, I think that the first, rather than just bringing one on your partner and being like, look what I bought you, I think all this stuff, stuff comes down to communication and talking to your partner about it and saying, you know what, I think, and especially now, like Jesus said, right now, Order a toy, get some lube, like find something that's like a great, there's some great couples toys. Um, I love the brand WeVibe because they make, they actually invented the first couples toy that you could actually wear during intercourse. So she's getting internal stimulation and external and it feels great on him as well. But they also have an app and it's called WeConnect. So if you're in a long distance relationship or quarantined right now, you could actually launch the app and you could control your partner's toy from anywhere in the world. Plus, it has, like, a FaceTime component to it, so you can watch each other. Like, you can watch each other. It's pretty cool. So, and I have a bunch of stuff on my site, sexwithemily.com. We review toys all the time. But I would say anything by WeVibe, getting a couple's toy, and this is experimenting. So, yes, I'm all for toys. And let me tell you about lube. I think that lube is so underrated. It has a huge stigma because what happened with lube is I think a lot of guys felt like if I use lube, it means that I didn't turn her on. I didn't get her wet enough. And what I'm going to tell you is that women's wetness level, I want you guys to be like sitting down, which you probably are. A woman's wetness level is not an indicator of her being turned on. So 
she could be wet and turned on or, or turned on and not wet because it changes at different parts of the month. And I'm not saying she's never not wet and turned on, but when you add, so it, it, it's not a clear indicator because our bodies change certain times of month, all that stuff. So if you just add a few drops of lube, my dream is like a lube on every nightstand before you have any kind of sex, like oral sex, uh, penetration, it will change the game. Women are more likely to orgasm. There's less tear. There's less, chances for like um tearing or for uh infection just add a few drops on your penis rub it into her clitoris before you have sex every time it is a game changer more orgasms more pleasure how about that yeah i love i love where this podcast is we're getting (laughs) real created too i appreciate it that was like a mic drop moment right there (laughs) dean and i were stunned uh no i i agree i uh I got you. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a I'm a big proponent for lube because uh, there's also like there's also okay, cool. like I have no shame talking about it. There's a, like there's medications too that that certain people take that inhibit their sex drive. Uh, oh yeah. And so exactly antidepressants, blood pressure, yeah, everything. True. A great way to inhibit your sex drive is to break your femur and then get covered in poison ivy. <laughs> it really does great things for your sex drive. Oh wait, what happened? Did that happen to you? Yeah, I'm I'm recovering from a broken leg and I have poison ivy all over my body. <gasps> yeah, both happened to him. Oh no! Needless oh to god. say, oh my god, you poor thing. Been, that, I was gonna say, needless to say, that spark has been missing because of those things, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh <laughs> yeah. my god, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, that's there you go. There's your spark. But she could give you a hand job with lube, and you could use you could wash your hands and touch her with them. I'm telling you, you guys, mutual masturbation is also really hot, and I think that. <laughs> The way we think about sex is that it's all about penetration. And it's literally, you could both get off, you could do oral, you could, like, get creative right now. I think this is a time where we want variety anyway. And I think if I could change people's perspective about how we think about sex, is like, well, if I can't put my penis inside of you, then it's over. It's, like, so not true. There's so many other ways to get off. You guys could watch porn together. Like, that's where I think porn is actually really helpful. Or get a toy that she could use on you or you use it on her so you guys can still touch where you can't move, you know? So I get asked these questions all the time. Like, it doesn't have to be just about that. Like, get creative in your mind about... And I think also, though, the problem with that is you might be thinking or your listeners are thinking, yeah, that sounds great, but my girlfriend won't talk about masturbation or my boyfriend thinks it's shameful, and that's what happens a lot. And the only thing keeping us from having better sex and from connecting is, the, is that is it is talking about it. And learning how to get past the shame and the weirdness of it and saying like, okay, babe, I know we've never talked about sex. I get that. I know it's weird. But it's so important that we have great sex and we prioritize our pleasure. And it's important to me. And I've never talked about this either. This is awkward. Let's admit it. Awkward, weird moment. But I think it's worth it. So can, can you give a piece about like, you can, know, can you give a piece of advice yeah. of how uh, somebody might be able to broach that conversation? Like any listener out there who's thinking they want to talk about it, yes. e- 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 you know, to anybody, their partner or, or a friend. Yeah, um, absolutely. How, do you have a piece of advice for them to be like, this is how you can be able to broach the conversation? Okay, so here's what you do. So my number one tip is to do it outside the bedroom, okay? So what happens is we often think, oh, something weird's happening in the moment. I, you, you're hurting my penis or we should, you know, and we talk about it in the bedroom. We say like, how come we never have sex anymore? How come you didn't initiate? Or I just tried to initiate. That's the wrong way to do it. Actually. You never want to talk about your sex in a constructive way in the bedroom. The bedroom is for sleeping and for sex. Okay. Let's just say that. So how you do want to approach it is when you guys are like hanging out, 
you're and right now we're all hanging out. So maybe if you are long distance with your partner or quarantined, it's on a it's on a FaceTime call. You're having a date night on FaceTime, or you're just hanging out on the couch. You guys are in a good place. You're chilling. You're relaxed. And then you say, "Hey, you know what I realized? I realized that we haven't much talked about our sex life really. Like about like I want to be your greatest lover. Like I think we both, you know, you guys make this your own. But I want to be great lovers to each other. I want to figure out what's really hot to you, and." Because I think one of you said this earlier, that every partner is different. Like, we often think that our last partner wants what this current partner was. But I'm telling you, if I put 100 women in a room and they were all touching themselves, they would all be doing something different. And that's really hard for men because the vagina is like the Rubik's Cube of life. Like, you're like, what the f*** do I do here? I'm sorry. I'm just imagining 100 women in a room touching this. (laughs) That's kind of hot, right? Is that your next porn fantasy? I don't know. Like, that would be, you know, I, I don't know if I could take it. Like, I mean, good for them, but I just don't know if I'd be able to not laugh. <laughs> just like if there's a hundred dudes in a room just touching themselves, you know, I'm, right. I, I'm not looking, but I'm probably laughing. Right. I hear you. Um, I mean, women, but we're all different is what I'm saying. So you can't possibly know. So then just say, I want to talk about it. Now, what could happen in this moment is she or he could say, or if you're with same sex, whatever, whatever, whoever, your partner would be like, "Ew, what do you mean? Do you think what they might think is I'm going to walk this through all this scenario. She might say, she might think to herself, oh, I'm really bad in bed. He thinks I'm a terrible lover. He's talking about sex because I gave him a bad blowjob last night or I don't know what I'm doing. Because we're all so goddamn insecure about it because no one's ever talked to us about it. Right. You have to reassure and say no. And this is what I tell my listeners all the time. They're like, blame it on me. Say you were listening to this podcast or you were driving along listening to Dr. Emily and she said you should talk about sex and you haven't yet. Like, what I realized, no, I've never done this either. Let's get on the same page and figure out how we can be great lovers to each other. Like, it's not, sex is not something that, like, well, because sex is always great at the beginning of a, a relationship, because it's, and the only reason that is, is because it's biological. It's something that's new and exciting. And like, all of our brain waves are like, like it's like, literally, if you look at the brainwave patterns of someone falling in love, it's the same as someone on cocaine. Because it's exciting, the dopamine, the serotonin. And so we don't really need to talk. We think we don't need to talk about sex in the first three months, in the honeymoon phase. But what happens is we equalize after that point, and everything becomes sort of boring or rote. And then we're no longer turned on in the same way, and we don't know how to talk about it. That's why we end relationships typically. But this is the point where you talk about it, and you don't, you don't have to say it's gotten boring or weird. You just say, you know what? I realize that... To be great lovers, the number one thing, and every sex therapist, sex educator will tell you this, it's about healthy communication. It's not about fancy moves. It's not about looking at a lot of porn and, like, having all these tricks. It's literally about communication and saying, like, what is hot to you? Can you, like, like starting with, like, and a lot of times your partner won't know because literally no one has talked about this. And my mission on the planet is to make sex not taboo, to make it not shameful, and to have it taught everywhere so we all feel comfortable. Because we'd have a lot better relationship. So then you need to say, well, what's the hottest moment you can remember from our sex life? Like, what are the three top times we've had sex? And she might, so that would be really interesting. She might say, well, it was that time that you made me that really sexy dinner and my roommates were gone or you surprised me and or we were on vacation. And then you find out, oh, she likes the element of surprise. She liked that I went down on her for a half hour. She liked that we made out first, you know, and then you just kind of find out what was hot, you know, and. I have a lot of great tools on my site, too. I have something called a yes, no, maybe list. And that's something that asks a bunch of 
sex acts, right? Like kissing, spanking, dirty talk. And then you each fill it out separately and you write like, yes, no, maybe on certain sex acts. And then you can compare like, oh, I didn't know you wanted to talk dirty. So do I, or, you know, like you just sort of, there's a lot of different tools to help you guys along this conversation. I could go on and on, but that's really what it is. It's like getting curious, not shaming, not blaming and being yeah. open discovery. Now it's also not a one-time conversation. It's ongoing. Yeah. And the more you talk about it, it's like everything else. That's, that's my advice. No, you're, you've been very insightful, and we really appreciate you joining us, uh, Emily. So you have your your podcast, your daily yeah, radio so show, fun. Sex with Emily, um, and uh, what else? What else yeah. you have going on right now? <laughs> I have um, I that's really what I do. I do a daily show on Sirius. I've got my podcast, and right now during the quarantine, I'm doing a ton of like Instagram live, Facebook live. I'm doing a, a lot more content, just answering people's questions. Like almost every night, I'm doing something at Sex with Emily everywhere because. We're all fucking like home, freaking out, trying to figure out what to do. So that's what I'm doing. And Podcast. where can, and where and can they find you on giveaways. social? Yeah. Sex with Emily everywhere. My, my podcast, Instagram, is all Sex with Emily. Pretty simple. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody go follow Emily right now. Sex with Emily. Listen to her podcast. Follow her on our social media. Uh, Emily, stay safe out there. Wash your hands. <laughs> you too. You too. Thanks for having me, guys. Of course. Stay Thanks. safe. Bye. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Everyone knows how much Dean and I love to travel, especially after enduring a Colorado winter. I'll take any chance I can to be in a sunny, beachy place right about now. Well, Kaylin, I have the perfect place we can travel to next. In Puerto Rico, there are nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline. And when it comes to photography, the landscape is unbeatable. I think I need to go there for a relaxing vacation before baby number two comes, which is great, but also I'm very nervous. Puerto Rico offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to beautiful black sand beaches. There's no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Uh, 
All right. Welcome back to Help I Suck at Dating. We just had a very insightful conversation with Emily Morse, the sex expert. Dean, any comments? Uh, nope. She left me speechless. Yeah. I found it very insightful. I, I like talking about sex. I think uh, more people should be open about talking about that topic. It's just like, it's just sex. But I get I get it's awkward and sometimes it can go, get too far. But uh, I will anyway. say the, the older I get, the more comfortable I get talking about it, not only with my partner, but with just whoever, like my friends and whoever else. I just think uh, it takes a little bit of time to get comfortable, more and more comfortable with it, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. But it's just like it's just like anything in life. Like you said, the more the older you get, the more comfortable you get talking about it, uh, the less you feel shameful about it. And so I think for me, the more we have that conversation, the more a younger generation will feel the same way. Because, uh, again, I think it's just like this 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 activity that especially, you know, people in their 20s are just so oblivious to i don't know uh we do have some uh emails from our wonderful listeners and we have some questions too um that dean and i are going to get into right now so we have an email from jay uh not me even though i'm very curious about this topic as well the subject is dean's ring and the email says so dean whether or not you're engaged i was just wondering is that uh onyx silver on the ring and who made it congrats i think you wear it well. So one, I think uh, he wants to know about the ring and uh, are you engaged, bro? It's on, it's Onyx. Onyx, excuse me. I'm an idiot. I actually don't know what it is. I think it's Onyx and silver maybe. Caitlin got it for me, so I can't speak exactly to what it is. Uh, but I always knew that I wanted to have a black band on, and so that's what I got. I do, I do have to say uh, I was trying rings on after I had gotten this one and there was this comfort fit style one that I really have made a big difference compared to the one that I have on now. What's the comfort not, style one? It's like it like, cause my ring now it's like kind of big and blocky looking, but the comfort one is like has these rounded edges uh, mm, on it. That's pretty cool. And that sounds like I your kind style. Of, I might trade it in a little bit in, in a little bit. I don't know. TBD, but um, I can't to, to, <clears> to Jay. The question I can't answer it directly because I don't know exactly because Kalen got it for me. But yeah, it is like a an onyx silver black ring. Do you think Kalen got you a big ring so everybody can see it, even all the women who look at your left hand? It's possible. So they I mean, know that you're a taken man. Everything it's just a constant reminder to me too. You know, I look down and if it's if it wasn't as big as it is, I probably would miss it every once in a while. So does Kalen wear a ring too? She wears a ring, correct? She yeah, she wears a lot of rings. Yeah, but does she wear a ring on her ring finger on her left hand? The one yeah. right next to the pinky? Yeah, she does. Oh, that's very nice. Does it yeah. symbolize anything? Is there like a meaning behind it or anything like that? I don't know. Do you want me to go get her? I can, I can go ask her. I mean, if you guys are in the same household and she ain't doing nothing, I mean, I can't believe I just said eight, but I digress. Eight? eight. <laughs> Uh, um, I think it looks like she's working out. I don't want to disrupt her. Okay, you know? that's, that, that's fair enough. But my question to you is... Uh, so why do you guys why are you guys playing it so coy? So because you know everybody in the world like I get more questions about your marriage than I do about mine and nobody mm -hmm. even knows if you're married. Yeah, that's weird. I wish I could answer that, but it's it's not my place. It's kind of Kaylin's thing, so So we got to get Kaylin on the podcast. Yeah. But you said that if Kalen comes on the podcast, you don't want to be on the podcast because you don't want to do joint interviews right now because you just feel like it adds pressure. 
Yeah, I, I, get. Sure I, I, I understand that. that. At some point, there's going to be a time where maybe we could have like Kaylin and Ashley host an episode of Help I Suck at Dating, and then uh, you guys they can talk about that. That's actually a good idea. Now I think about it. Yeah, I actually really like that idea. Let me ask you something about the quarantine in your relationship. Do you think, as of right now, we've been quarantined for two weeks. You guys have been in one household. Do you think it's helped your relationship? Hasn't changed anything in your relationship or worsened your relationship? Um, that's a really good question. I, I think it hasn't changed anything. I mean, basically, whenever whenever we're around, we spend all the 24-7 together anyways, and so this is no different. It's just now it's like a lot of time. Six weeks in a cramped apartment is like a long time to spend with someone, but I mean, it, it's not like we weren't, we basically were already doing this before the quarantine anyways, you know what I mean? Same with you and Ashley, I feel like you guys were, you guys are constantly together. And so, like, this doesn't really feel like that much of a shift for you, I bet. No, it doesn't feel like a shift at all, Ashley and I, because, you know, we live together, we're married, we kind of work together as well. A lot of the things we do are together. And so we spend so much time together before the quarantine that this doesn't feel any different either. And I think her and I just got lucky that, you know, we were friends for so long beforehand that we really were able to figure each other out before we even started dating, which created this comfort level that I, you know, I've talked about on the podcast before. I'd never really experienced before. And it's, it's been great, especially in this quarantine, because it just, you know, I, I, I truly don't get tired of her. Uh, and that's a really great quality to have. Last week when we were wrapping up recording our episode, uh, she hopped on and was a little distraught. What ended up happening after we, we signed off, uh, off air? Oh, it was fine. She just, so her mom just had the, you know, grandkid conversation and wants us to have kids ASAP, which is very sweet. And I don't think anybody should knock that. It's just, you know, it would be a lot worse if it was the opposite where she said she never wants us to have kids. And if we do, she's never going to speak to the grandkids. She just, she wants grandkids. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, But I think it was just, uh, you know, it was Ashley and her mom. And I think it just got to a point where, you know, her mom started bringing up age and then it got Ashley upset and felt like she was being pressured and it just kind of like snowballed. And then Ashley came up here and spoke about it on the podcast. It, it all worked out. They talked about it later. And of course her mom was like, I don't want to pressure you whenever you guys want to have kids. But of course, you know, um, she just wants kids now. And that's really the crux of the conversation. Are those conversations you and Ashley have often about that? Like not, that kind of stuff? No, I mean, we talk about it. We're very, but we're kind of on the same page where we want to wait to, you know, I, you know, the tentative plan, quote unquote plan, because everybody has plans to have kids when they want. It never works out. Um, you know, we'd like to start trying later this year and kind of see what happens. But, you know, I mean, it, it, age plays a factor. I, you know, Ashley will be 33 next March. So say we don't get, pre- you know, say we're lucky and we, you know, we get pregnant early next year, you know, she'll be 33 through her pregnancy and then we'll have a kid. And if we want a second kid, you know, she'll be pregnant probably like 35. And so, you know, when we start talking, we have conversations about, you know, if we're lucky enough to have multiple kids that are healthy and, you know, 35, from my understanding, I needed to do more research about it, but seems to be not a tipping point by any stretch, but you know, you're at a higher risk, uh, uh, for, uh, I don't want to say an unhealthy baby, but, you know, they always say that, right? You're like women at 35 are more at high risk, but it doesn't mean you can't have a kid. So I don't know. We talk, we talk a lot about it and we're pretty much on the same page about it, which is really nice. Um, and it's also really nice to know that, it, you know, when we have kids, so we have great parents. From now, to tell your child that they were conceived during the great shutdown of 2020. 
I know, right? There's going to be a lot of babies being born about nine, ten months from now, just because what the hell else are you going to do? There's only so much Netflix you can do without doing a little chilling. You know what I mean? What uh, what Netflix shows have you been watching lately? Uh, we do obviously we're watching Tiger King because we feel like we're the only people on this planet who haven't seen it. So I'm three episodes in. It's good. It's not great, but I enjoy it. Yeah, we're we're two episodes into Tiger King. It hasn't really hit us like it seems to have hit the other everyone else. I think the hype just got built up before we saw it. I think that's what really happened. I think people saw it, realized how bat crazy these people are, and were fascinated by it. And now everybody's catching up, being like, "Oh wow, I heard this is the greatest thing ever." And you watch it, and you're like, "Yeah, it's good," but I heard it also gets better. So stay tuned. Yeah, we'll keep we'll give it a fair chance. Maybe through episode five. Uh, but, uh, other than that, we watched, uh, like I watched don't F with cats for the first time, which was really good. Um, and then we've been watching like rewatching movies. Um, like I, I showed, uh, Ashley and her family Zodiac, which is a great film about the Zodiac killer in San Francisco, uh, back in the 1960s and seventies. Um, so we just been like doing that and surprisingly, I want to ask you what you guys have been watching, but also I just want to say surprisingly, and I don't know if you agree with this, do you feel like it's, I haven't been that bored? How about you? <laughs> uh, actually, I meant to ask you this at the top of the podcast, because I personally haven't been that bored either. I mean, there are days where I'm like, okay, I'm doing the same thing I did yesterday and the day before, but like, I, I don't know, I can find ways to entertain myself pretty easily, but part of that is because I like to play video games, and you're not much of a gamer. I, you are, but maybe... Uh, not with Ashley's parents. So, like, what do you do to pass the time if you're not watching Netflix or, you know, just sitting on the couch watching TV? I play a little video games, but, like, the TV in Ashley's room is very, very small and old, and so it's it's, it's kind of hard to see. <laughs> um, but, I, like, I'll play Madden every once in a while or NBA 2K or, like, I play Fortnite. But usually if I play a video game, it's, like, for an hour, and then I get bored and need to do something else. But, uh, yeah, what Did you happened? bring a console with you from L.A.? Oh, yeah, because I knew... Oh, once we left LA, I knew there was we were probably going to be on the East Coast for at least a month, and gotcha. so oh yeah, I was bringing my Xbox. I wasn't going to come here without it. Um, I, think, I thought that you went without it. That's smart. That's smart. No, I planned. You know, we planned for like potentially being over here for a month, which is why we came over here at first, um, and then obviously that's going to be uh, extended uh to who knows really because you know the entire country is a large large parts of it uh you know are on mandatory stay-at-home orders and you know we'll see where this goes right now it looks like april 30th could be longer probably will be longer but um but yeah man so have you shown like have you shown kaylin any movies that you love like do you have a movie that you need your significant other to see like for me i needed ashley to see the matrix even if she didn't like it I just needed her to watch it because of my love for that movie. Do you have any movies like that that you have to show Kaylin? Um, that's funny because I made Kaylin watch the Matrix trilogy like a couple months ago, and she actually liked it. She uh, watched all three? I'm so jealous. Yeah, it was a good couple days. Um, I made her watch a little bit of Fight Club the other day, but we didn't really finish it. We kind of got distracted. Uh, Interstellar is my favorite movie of all time. I think we'll probably watch that in the next week or so, but I haven't really made... I'm, I'm, I'm not making her, but I've been watching like Entourage casual, casually a little bit. And uh, it's funny to see her reaction because Entourage is just such a, a, sh a sh show that's tailored specifically for like an 18 year old guy. Uh, and then so to like see her react to like some of the things that they say and do and it, it's kind of funny to see. But uh, other than that, she's like been watching a lot of Gossip Girl. So I'll like watch a couple episodes of Gossip Girl with her. And 
that's about it really i haven't i haven't like sat her down and forced her to watch a movie there's like an anime movie that i really like that was pretty influential in my childhood maybe i'll make her watch that what at was some the name point of it? it's called akira oh uh, yeah i know akira yeah it's it's a weird movie it's like super weird but I, it's one of the greatest anime movies of all time i think so Maybe maybe I'll make her suffer through that this sometime this week. I mean, that's I did, what we uh, do at the quarantine. We just make the other person suffer through movies we love, and then yeah. we have to suffer through movies they love. You know, that's a relationship right there. You know, I got her. Uh, she, I like asked her like a month ago what her favorite picture is that she ever took, uh, and she showed me a couple of them. And I, I got her favorite picture turned into a puzzle, a, a big three-foot-by-two-foot puzzle of 200 pieces. And so we spent, like, the whole night putting that together a couple nights ago. It was pretty fun. Well, Dean, that's the sweetest damn thing I've ever heard in my entire life. That That's awesome. Good for you. We need, we need more puzzles, honestly. We, that was, like, it took us a good four hours to finish, too. It's, 200 pieces doesn't sound like a lot. And I was kind of disappointed. It was, like, the only option that they gave us for the amount of pieces. But then, like, actually putting it together, I was like, holy shit, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. Was that the one you put on your Instagram? Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good time lapse. Good job. Thanks. I was, I so was very invested to see you guys finish that puzzle. Oh, my gosh. I wanted to give up so many times. But what we did was I got that. It's a big 24 by 36 inch puzzle. And then I ordered, like, a big frame for it. And then we're going to hang it in her apartment, too. So that way we'll always have, like, a memento to remember from the quarantine times. Oh, that's actually really cute, and I like that. I gotta, yeah, we gotta do something like that. Hopefully, we all make it out of here. Um, all right, let's do another email really quickly. This one's from anonymous because our anonymous is our favorite. And as we determined last week, anonymous, as we know, is our friend Nick Viall. So Nick Viall writes in. Uh, I'm kidding. A- anonymous says, "My ex cousin." Uh, So basically, I'm 20 years old and dated a girl for almost two years. She broke my heart, but uh, through time, I healed. It's been over a year now, and I can't help myself when I see pictures of her cousin on Instagram. She is also single, completely my type, and goes to a college in the same state as me. My ex is now with someone else, and me and her are both single, her as in the cousin of the ex. Would it be bad to shoot my shot i'm sure chances are slim as we meet once while as we met once while i was dating my now ex but i thought i would get your guys input on it so my thoughts uh yeah i mean i guess it really depends on how long you dated you did dated the ex for two years that's kind of a long relationship how close is she with the cousin yeah he has to address it uh immediately for it to at least not be as awkward as potentially it could be. Right. Like if you're going to reach out via Instagram or whatever, be like, Hey, this is super weird. I used to date your cousin, obviously, but would you be interested in hanging out sometime? I don't think it's that weird. Yeah. I don't think it's that weird either. You seem to disagree. I, I will, because I'm also kind of close with my cousins. Like there's a few cousins that are more like brother and sister to me. So I guess it depends on the relationship between the cousin and the ex, because if, it would if like they reached out to a particular cousin and it was like you know my sister or like my brother i don't know then i'd have to see my ex all the time because then they'd be a part of the family say they got married i guess it's okay like at the end of the day just be adults about it personally i don't think it's that big of an issue to reach out to your ex's cousin at this point uh it seems like your ex has moved on you've given yourself time to heal uh it might be a little awkward at first but just address the elephant in the room 
And uh, I think you'll be okay. But that's going to do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. Uh, quarantine episode number two in the books. Hopefully we can continue to refine and perfect our sound situation here. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this helps you not be so bored while you're stuck in isolation as well. And a uh, big thank you to our guest this week, who was the great sex expert, Emily Morse. Be sure to check her out, Sex with Emily, which airs every evening on Sirius XM Stars Channel 109. And uh, next week we were gonna, or this week we were gonna answer some Instagram questions, but we didn't have much time. So next week we're gonna go ahead and do that. So be sure to tune in next week on Help I Suck at Dating, where maybe we will suck just a little bit less. Follow Help I Suck at Dating on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to celebrate Black History Month at the Walmart Black and Unlimited Clock. On Thursday, February 29th from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you can celebrate an extra day of Black History Month with Walmart. This event is free and open to the public at two locations, Flatiron Plaza in New York City and Ovation Hollywood in Los Angeles. With giveaways dropping every hour on the hour, it's the perfect time to try, like, and share Black-led products. It's free, it's for everyone, and it's your chance to see how you can level up your daily routine with Black-led products that are creating a new world of choices at Walmart. Trust, you don't want to miss it. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. So you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.